Hello and welcome to this special Christmas edition of Regrets I've Had a Few. Uh, this month I'm joined by two very special guests uh, uh, and a director, uh, writer, teacher who has been at the forefront of the landscape of British theatre over the last 35 years. His book, uh, Why Is That So Funny?, has become required reading for anybody who really who's interested in making theatre or performing or indeed finding out why something is funny. Um, and it would be fair to say he quite literally shaped the way I look at theatre. I'm also joined by an actor who is a truly unique performer and theatre maker. Brilliantly unpredictable and constantly surprising. Over the last three decades, he's worked with some of the leading directors in world theatre. And she remains, without a doubt, the finest performer I've had the privilege of sharing the stage with. Who, who's that? That's her there, oh, and that's, that's you there. Um, so, welcome. Is it not some bloke? You made us all leave, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't. I said she. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I said actor. That. That's an interesting thing. No, no, I thought you said he. You no, I, the I, I didn't. Uh, I said she. Anyway, <laughs> we've started. Welcome, um, my two fellow co-founders, Hayley Carmichael and John Wright. I was about to say that that was the bit that I thought you might say. How funny. No, I, I don't know why. I always And then we went our separate ways. I always <laughs> say the people, the guest name after I've said a bit about <gasps> I've not listened to your podcast. Well, the other, well, this is going to be new. That's good. Have you listened, John? <laughs> Uh, no. No, oh, perfect. Well, you're a perfect guest because what we're doing an experiment this month in that normally I ask a guest a range of questions I from see. their early experience in theatre and whatever it is going. But because obviously we know each other rather well, we, came, we thought that would be a little bit boring. So we've invited some listeners uh, uh, um, and f uh, friends of the company, people who've seen our shows over the last 30 years, to submit some questions. So all of uh, this episode's questions come from members of the public. So there is a hat of mine sat there, and I thought we could pick a question out, we could read it out, and then as a threesome we could either give our views, refuse to comment, or put it back in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's no point on a podcast, is it? Well, we're being filmed. Gesture, are we now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they say there's no audience, so anyway... Um, uh, uh, I mean, the audience like a in the play, room. Or do we speak the truth? Oh, you speak the truth. Well, you oh. don't have to. You can speak what you like. I mean, uh, and as it's titled "Regrets," I've had a few. There, there might be opportunities to express any regrets or, or not express any regrets in relation to the questions. I'm going to get started. Good. Right. Without further ado, what have been your top three most idiotic moments when making a show? I suppose that could mean anything, couldn't it? It yeah. doesn't have to be in the show, does it? When making yeah, a show. Yeah, it says when making a show. So it could be around the show. Oh. The, the only thing I can think of that comes to mind, and I don't really know what I'm thinking about idiotic, is that because it's us? Or, or I think that's just idiotic. a term they're using. Um, so, okay, as a term, I do remember you and me running around the stage. I think we might have even had some custard pies and stuff we just did we went absolutely loopy and crazy running around the stage of decadee because we did everything before we made it the most still play yeah. and i remember then we did nothing in the actual production we just stood and talked to each other but i remember we i think we felt we had to do everything before we made that decision so did we have custard pies in my memory, we did, but I might be making I don't that remember up. Custom I remember I running around. Had, yes, there might um, have been food. There might have been food because the birthday cake. There was a birthday there? cake, so maybe it was that. But I remember we just went, we just went free form, sort of for a while. Yes, I do. And then we you, wrestled it into something that was very us, still yeah, to do something. I, I used wrong. to, yeah, because you're so playful. It was that the nicest thing was just to get you going, really. Mm. But there was one time I remember we would, and it was. Um, don't laugh, it's my life. Mm -hmm. uh, where Haley was tied up, and the th the thing in the show. This is in the show in front of an audience, and you just ran off, and the, and the others chased you, and, and the chain came and, loose. And, it wasn't on. I'm so big. It, yeah, yes. I'm so big. That was the yes. I was meant to be on the chain for the whole And it didn't time. fit on, or something. Yes. You it, got out it of it. It fell off my ankle, and we yeah. had to wrestle you to the but ground. It was, yeah. it was suddenly everything changed. <laughs> That's right. and it, and I remember thinking, yeah. I, it, I thought it was really exciting. 
in time, but it was terrifying. Yes, I do know? remember that. I just thought, oh no, the whole illusion's yeah. gone. But then I thought, it doesn't matter. So yeah. you, 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 they really we got you back away. on. I think you got me back on. I think what happened if, in my memory is that there, it wasn't really a love story that play. But I think that night, because I had to, in the end, I think choose to stay. I think that's what happened in the end. Yeah. I thought they brought. I you think, back. I, yeah. Now I. I don't know, because what happened was, I think it happened once accidentally, and that was really exciting. The one that John's mentioning. Yeah, the one that John's mentioning. And then another night it came off, and of course, Javi and I looked at each other, and so maybe that's what I'm remembering. And we um, both of us were a bit like, oh, here we go again. This yeah, isn't yeah. exciting a second time. Yeah. What, what, what were we going to do? I think I chose to put myself back on the chain that night, which meant I was choosing to stay. Yeah, that's all a different story. Yeah. I also remember... It was a very dark scenario, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. But, I, but I also remember in that same thing about idiotic moments, I also remember at the beginning of that, of I'm So Big, which was inspired by a wonderful film by... Uh, in Costa Rica called Time of the Gypsies. And the, where I remember that, yeah, the um, two gypsies yeah, and the sort of the thing that was... Hoisted up in the air. And like the house was the, But I remember in our show, on another moment where I suppose something happened which resulted in something different, is when at the top of the story where me and Javi's the two brothers are with our grandmother, played by you, and, and Javi's, Fredo's already with them, the grandmother, and then you find me, uh, who's, who's been yes, attacked. Yes, we're trying to busk. And then we? the journey of the show is that we then make a journey to the city, from the countryside to the city. And I remember Hayley having to pull the, all the stuff off to reveal this caravan. The negros fed Exactly. But, but on one occasion, the stuff that covered the caravan fell away while we were in the uh, first scene. We revealed where we were going. I remember that. And in that moment, because ultimately, to take us to the city, it's triggered by me accidentally shooting Hayley as the grandmother and killing her, and her ghost reveals the thing. But one night, the cloth came off. I didn't know what to do, and I just shot, shot Hayley. I remember that. I just shot Grandma. <laughs> and I remember your face going, what the... And I think I shot you again. I think I shot you a second time. And have you... Because I thought, we have to go. I my that. Do you remember? And then she Hayley kind of died and struck the set. But I thought, it makes no sense. We have to go to the city, and Grandma has to die. I must, in that second, I think... So I think that's... Some idiotic moments. That is, that is true. I had forgotten that you just shot me remember? as opposed yeah. to the Your sort of face. tussle that yeah. came yeah. an Normally that became the accident. Mm. Why don't you pick one out, Hayley? I'm going to put the used <laughs> ones there. I should also, uh, if anyone was interested, I Don't Laugh It's My Life that John mentioned was inspired by a show we did inspired by Molière's Tartuffe. Mm. We might return to. No, not upside down. What do... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Mm. Put what, it back. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very good. Thinking about something John said just earlier before we started. Oh. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> what do we want to be, John? What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I, I, I'm still making my mind up. <laughs> um, <I'm> t- <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I, I don't know if we could slightly interpret it as in grow up and live forever because I don't know how if I've got long enough to grow up and do what I'd like to do in the time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do? Well, I was thinking about all the things I'd like to train as and one would be a lawyer and, a, I mean, right now I think a maybe a doctor would be useful but I don't know if there's time. But we, it's all the money actually more so. But um, uh, I was going to say grow up. I think if I grew up, I might play basketball. <laughs> Although there are some small ones. But, uh... I remember when it's, what it makes me think of. It's a good question, but I remember what it makes me think of when you grow up. And maybe this is a slightly negative connotation. I remember in our third show, You Haven't Embraced Me Yet, and uh, Hayley and I played some brother and sister in it. And I mean, I remember... <laughs> It makes me think of a particularly negative review in which they described me and Hayley and they said, um, Mr. Michael and Mr. Hunter run around the stage like two spoiled children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, maybe they're harking back. I don't know what I, I, don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Uh, actually, just on that though, Paul, I'm now thinking maybe it wasn't negative. I mean, I think they were a bit 
screwed up those. Oh, two. that's true. So Actually, maybe we were no, a bit like the characters were like that. Maybe they weren't being negative about. What are they talking about? Oh, you haven't embraced me yet when yeah. we played. Well, I'm a, a no. lonely little bit in you and a nun. We were very yeah, yes, disturbed. Yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. It, probably a bit annoying. Yeah, they were. So maybe it wasn't negative. I'm going to pick another one out. <laughs> you're not like growing up. I can't think what I'm. I'm intrigued about you being a doctor and a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> prime Minister. I'm not I'm never going to be. Oh, this is good. It just starts with a quote from the Pet Shop Boys, which is, "We were never being boring because we were never being bored." That's interesting. That's an interesting quote. Have you ever been boring on stage, and why? That's in anything. Yes. Mm. Yeah, don't get this. Because that's the big thing, isn't it? The the only rule is don't, don't be, be boring. boring. <laughs> and, uh, and if have you ever been boring? Well, I mean, how do you know? Because it's going to be different to <laughs> lots of people. You'll know if everyone is. It's you know, there's an atmosphere of sullen. <laughs> discontent yeah. Yeah. you will pick it up very quickly but some people might not buy into what's happening for all sorts of reasons no. but it's That's... the general feel isn't it in the audience that keeps it buoyant um although has might... anyone ever said it to you though because i mean people do sometimes say that you're, was you're really boring, boring. Was really or, boring. Yeah. they said it to you i've been told i was boring in um a beckett's play that was lots of repetition but i hadn't really um found a way of playing it was this someone who didn't really like the play as well do you think no i don't think so oh, I, someone I've had seen it, it before lots of times to yeah. people yeah mm. i said oh, that's really boring you know i think you probably said is, it to us. yeah oh, i'm sure, sure. yeah sure. I mean, if, if it's not working no i think and also if i don't know what's gonna make mm. it work i can just say look it's boring i think it's a very valid thing to say mm. when you're making something and i often think it's something that i've been in loads of rooms where no one would even consider whether they were boring or not and they are boring but they don't consider whether yeah. that they just carry on doing yeah, what yeah. they do but yeah they're so self-important the, the, this or... must be interesting because i've yeah, come up with because I'm, I'm doing it and i came up with the idea <laughs> yeah but it, particularly when you're playing a game if it gets repetitive mm. it can get boring very quickly or you think oh it's the same old conflict again that gets that gets boring i'm trying to yeah i think it's it's probably a bit like what we've said about Knowing whether people are, are enjoying it or not, isn't it? If it's meant to be funny, you know. Well, you know straight away. Don't you know. If it's meant to be serious, you you could pretend yeah. <laughs> or, or just say, "Oh, it was great," but you don't really know. I so think maybe the boring things the same. I'm sure I have bored yeah, people. I, I'm sure I have, but I think that's interesting when you say about the difference between I don't know being in something dramatic and something mm. funny. I think it was Michael Redgrave, the actor, said, "You can be the talk of the town in tragedy." But comedy will find you out, <laughs> and, uh, nice. and I think that's quite. A, yeah, yeah. He was talking about Alec Guinness, why he he adored Alec Guinness as an actor, yeah. and 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 Guinness was obviously brilliantly comic. And Redgrave said that's what was so amazing. He was so, and actually Guinness, Guinness at one point said, I, "I wonder whether I should have been a clown." He actually talked about that, you know? <laughs> and he was such a brilliant. Anyway, pick another one, Haley. <laughs> we go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Mm. Oh, I can see my name. Oh. <laughs> what's the story behind... Mm. What's the story behind Hayley wearing a saucepan on her head on the cover of John's book? <laughs> I, I, have, I have no idea. It was... I was just given the picture. <laughs> something about if you if you know something then you're responsible what's that sentence there's something like that so i was going to say you just said someone gave it you john but um i know where it came from obviously we know where it came from mm. it's origin but yeah I, what's are they talking about oh hang on what's the story behind Haley wearing a saucepan on her head on the cover of john's book so are they talking about I guess where's it come from? Where does from? the origin of that image come from? Yeah. Was that from a moment in I can't remember, did it did it come from why is that so funny? Was it there or That's was your it, book. I know. Oh, it's on the I cover see. of my book. Where did the, <laughs> I, I I did notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 
comes from something from what? So, what was that? No. Why is that so funny? Why is oh, that no. so funny? Oh, um, dear. It, uh, I've got a memory of you being in, in a bar when it might have been. Was it your sister that took the photograph? Uh, no, no I, sorry. Oh dear, again. Um, it was on the, on the verge of exploding, and I know we had loads of stuff. And I think it mm. might have been Laura originally who brought right. us loads of yes. bits and bobs to play with. Mm. And um, it was kind of an image so from the show, wasn't it? Time. Yeah. yeah, it was an image from the show. And it was bath playing. time as well. I was miming that I was putting water on my head right. and then playing around with the pan. Yeah. But now I want to say, Andy, was it Andy? Somebody who took photographs. Very, very early on, early that first on. leaflet. So I don't, I mean, it must say in your yes. cover what, who took it, but I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but that it is from that show, but I think it, it was bath time and yeah. there was a pan. Yeah. And, and there was a pan was, in, yeah. the, in the yeah. thing. And it was our first show. And I think when we had our first photos done after Edinburgh, like Hayley said, it became an image that we kind of really liked and it, became an image that's that stayed with us that we still use i think mm. and, i suppose you know. it is kind of odd but funny but you don't know why maybe yes. it was that yeah. element was of the big thing in when we were doing on the verge was playfulness that was the thing that i found so inspiring that you were doing and i i was obsessed with clown at the time mm. you know because it was very much goalie was starting his school i was doing as many Golia stuff all through the 80s I was doing Golia stuff and when we did On the Verge it, you just galloped about the playfulness was unbridled it was lovely and that was really inspiring I think it was really liberating in many ways I don't remember us actually uh, discussing very much you know like the lovely moments like the love scene you played with the banana that just happened because you got on stage with a banana. I don't remember. We we repeated it, but I don't remember <laughs> talking about it, except, oh, that's lovely when you do that. But I also yeah. think it was maybe also about we had the that starting point of, of that mini story in 100 Years of Solitude, you know, mm. two pages or whatever, so that gave us a, a little narrative that oh, we yeah. knew that we had to start from. And then I think, then I think it was a bit like making provoked by you obviously but making performers making choices i think yeah. saying, you know going well it would be you know it would be maybe great when the bride's rejected that it to make it worse these rotting bananas yeah. are are given yeah. but i think that notion of making choices as, as performers i think remains really interesting i was Emma Rice, Hayley, came to see the Shyman at RSC the other night. And for some reason, we ended up talking about Cymbeline that you were in mm. and being it being in the Swan, because that's where I am at the moment. And she told the story, which I knew, but to these other actors, uh, I might have been um, Lucy McCormick was there. And uh, Emma was telling the story about when you played Imogen and you're asleep and Iakimo is uh, yes. searching your body or looking for... And Emma said, in the midst of being asleep, Hayley stood up, went for a wee, came back and went back to sleep again. And Emma said it was nothing to do with me at all. She said it was just a choice Hayley made when we worked the scene. And I just thought that's inspired. And of course it stayed in. And somebody had remembered this moment. And similarly, when we, an idiot show, many years later, we did a version of Ostrovsky's Too Clever by Half at the Royal Exchange. And uh, I can't remember the name of your character. Ten years ago. It is. Cleopatra. Cleopatra, that's right. <laughs> a woman, middle-aged woman who, who falls in love and is seduced by this young man. And I remember vividly there's a scene in the second half where Cleopatra comes to the young man's apartment. Um, and we were about to do the scene and in the rehearsal room and Hayley said to me, oh, I'd like to try something. I said, yeah, try something. And <laughs> she came in and in, in the room, she doesn't know, there's an elderly gentleman who's in the play played by Nick Haverson who's there. He, sh he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there, so he's hiding behind a desk. Yeah, yeah. Hayley comes in, I mean, he said to me, I'd like to try something. Came in and she's very smartly dressed, elegant, middle-aged woman, married to some I bank. I still got know. that frock. And uh, so she came on in the rehearsal room, looked around, called the name, he wasn't there, and then proceeded to take her knickers off and put them in her handbag. Very discreetly, like I was the queen. Exactly. And he didn't see No, her. no, it was very discreet. But it was such a brilliant provocation. And what it did amazingly as a choice, initially we really laughed. We really laughed in this scene when Dovan as the young man came in because he hadn't seen that. And um, I think Nick 
glimpsed it as the old man nearly had he a heart does, attack. He does, he ends up hitting his head on <laughs> yeah. the table. I, I remember thinking I was alone and yes. preparing for meeting the young man, taking my knickers <laughs> off, and then Nick's, as the old man witnesses, <laughs> I, I never... go, ah! And my, if I got it right, didn't always, my knickers would get caught on the end of my shoe and fly over my head, and <laughs> Nick would find them. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then what? My it was point, a beautiful cocktail. Oh, it was that. Big, but this is what I mean about an actor's choice, though, because the juxtaposition between how you looked and what you did was yeah. brilliant. But then the other thing was, we would re the audience really laugh. But as the scene progressed, and the young man who didn't know that you'd done that said, "Come and sit on the rug. We'll talk." And of course, as an audience, we know she hasn't got any knickers on, and how he was trying to sit down, and <laughs> and we're still <laughs> laughing. But what you did brilliantly, as we oh, still laughed. Man. Was it moved from laughter to real pain? You really felt for this woman. It was so beautifully played. But all of that, you presumably didn't plan to take your knees off, but that I think came I remember from an actor's thinking, choice. And she, I, yeah. thinks, she thinks something might happen here, so she's sort of getting prepared. Brilliant. And, of course, he, in the story, thinks she's disgusting, but, uh, um, yeah. But I still think that's the thing. I still think it's great when... Actors are given the freedom or yeah, encouraged. Yeah. All the, I'm not saying it always works. Of course it doesn't. But is it, no. are encouraging the room to try things and come yeah. up with something. And having the freedom to. Exactly. I'm going to yeah. pick something out on that one. I've got to say, I, I love working with Nick because I think we could make a show out of all the f sort of little bits that we... Yeah, I agree. When we played Ugly Sisters in Aladdin, oh, yeah. it was so much fun. I want... Not Aladdin. Um, oh, Beauty and the Beast. Aladdin. You were, Aladdin. You were Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> when I played Nugget Sisters oh I was Aladdin <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast and um, which one had the flying carpet that must have been Aladdin Aladdin that was Aladdin oh blimey <laughs> flying carpet was, was just a nightmare um, no I, I did say to Nick after Beauty and the Beast that we should make a show with just those two sisters because I thought that would I'd love to so see that I think the two of you together are brilliant I'm opening another question what is the worst recorded incident of corpsing in the history of Told by an Idiot shows? I think I can choose one. Okay. And I think we were both really annoyed, you and me, Hayley. We did a show called uh, uh, Shoot Me in the Heart at the Gate Theatre and Hayley and I co-directed. It was the first time we'd stepped out of the acting company. Mm -hmm. It's quite a big company, seven or eight performers and Hayley and I on the outside co-directing. A beautiful story based on this Argentinian film called Diesa No Siabla about a, a very charismatic middle-aged man in the small town in, in, on the coast in Argentina in the 30s. And he falls in love with a dwarf, a young girl. And um, it's a really beautiful fairy tale. But I have a memory of us being at the gate or somewhere where the whole company corpse. I can't yeah, remember exactly... I, right. I can't remember exactly what happened, but they were quite a few of them. Martin... And he, quite a lot of them. Something happened which clearly set them all off. I and I think they kind of was quite surprised when they came down to the pub to meet a, re a pair of really stony-faced, sort of <laughs> slightly cross. And they, they, because I think they were so caught up with the corpse of it, or maybe they thought we were going to join in and we did exactly the opposite. My memory, I don't I know if you remember it I think you're right, but although I think they might have been mixed, I think some of them have felt awful about yeah, it. And, yeah. <laughs> and also, as well, I've done, I'm not being righteous, I've had terrible moments of corpsing and, and the worst thing is you're trying to stop, but you can't stop. That's the terrible well, thing about it. What's the worst one you can remember? Oh, God. It's probably easier with you, Hayley, I imagine. Mostly, um, I think, I don't think of corpsing in idiot shows because I think, I always feel like whatever happens is allowed, so you just laugh if something makes you yes, laugh. Yes, it's you in laugh, most different types of it. shows, yeah. But, uh, I, but I do remember, though we managed to carry on, but you might not remember this, in Aladdin on the rake stage of the Lyric Hammersmith, you're all on stage yeah. quite near the end, and I come running on as Aladdin with the bride's veil. Yeah. And as I run on, it goes under my front feet, and I... I slide down the rake on the veil, like just like that. Yeah. And um, and then I meant that, like you're looking at me. What's she doing? What's she doing? But it, not, I presume thought I was trying something. And then I got it out. Then when I stepped again, I stepped on it again, and I stood again. And you all, and you all, but you're all facing upstage, and I'm the only one facing the audience. And I don't and really did know. did we all go? I couldn't even work out what, even what was happening. I just oh, oh. one I wished I'd been there for. Uh, corpsing wise we did a show called uh and the horse she rode in on a, a sort of darkly political 
folly. Um, and uh, it had a five convoluted, not convoluted, but five storylines that interconnected. So it was quite really complicated for the actors to learn it, just the, the story of it, dramaturge of it. And the brilliant Jane Gurnier was in it, who we all remember. Um, and no, and she was fantastic. as ever played loads of different parts. But there's a part in which we return to a scene, a quite formal scene at a restaurant, and Nick Haverson is the waiter. Jane comes on, but she comes on from a completely different storyline in which she has a big leg of lamb and pretends to play the leg of lamb mm. like a ukulele and sing, I'm a leaning on the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> And so convinced was she that she was in the right scene. She just kept going. And Nick Haverson had to very politely, as the waiter, take her by the arm <laughs> and walk her outside. <laughs> and Beatrice and, and the, Annie and the people in the thing said, I literally couldn't look. Because she didn't give up. She kept going. I'm absolutely in the right scene. Oh. Singing. In, and Nick had to slightly to oh. lead her yeah. outside. Anyway, corpse, pick one, Haley. I picked three in a row. Have you? Oh, oh, no, did you pick that last yeah, one? Yeah, I did. I did. You did. Sorry. Sorry. So, I'm glad this is a bit sideways because you mentioned Emma and this is not corpsing, but I do remember um, in Le Leeds, maybe Newcastle, where they'd had a great big refurbishment so you could go off stage, upstage, through these big metal doors and there was a toilet and in the middle of cymbaling, that's what it is. And I remember, I remember going, I've got to go. And Kirsty's saying, there's one out the back, there's one out the back. And I went out the back, but you needed a code or a thing to get back in. And I just went, oh, my God. And goes, let me, let me. And I was banging on the door because I knew it was me. And it was only me in the next. Oh, You're on your own. I was on my own. And I was banging on the door, banging Because I remember thinking, oh, I've just got to, I didn't have a watch. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, I've just got time to go to the toilet. And then I just got locked out. And eventually, Kirsty heard me when they saw I didn't, nobody, was. the stage was empty. And so I, she let me in because she remembered sending me to the toilet that way. She let me in. And I just ran down to the front of the stage and thought, I've got to say something. So I said, I'm never so sorry. I got stuck in the toilet because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but it was Shakespeare or Cole's version of it. And of course, they just all looked at me like oh, that must be part of the <laughs> yes. play. And the only laugh was Emma because she knew no. she was at the back. And I heard this one laugh. That's brilliant. Yeah, I can imagine Emma. some of those people who've got their scripts of symboling with them at the RSC. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was horrible though behind the door. That's a long um, I <laughs> blimey. Oh, getting overexcited. So I once read an article about told by an idiot where the author described the style as being like mask work, but without any masks. The actors were using their faces as masks. I thought this was an intriguing idea. Is it true? Do you perform mask work, but with your own faces? Absolutely not. <laughs> Grotowski used to do that. He used to get the actors to assume a face and... and go it all the way through. I, it was really weird when we first started because I'd done so long in Trestle, people kept looking for mask work in everything that we did. Remember when we opened in uh, Edinburgh for that first run of our first play, the first reviews we got were saying, it's just like Trestle, exactly the same. Oh, I didn't know that. I, oh. I, I was really, I thought it was ridiculous. You know, they hadn't watched what we'd done. It's strange, wasn't it? Because I, I think, obviously, you were co-founder of Trestle as well. But I just prior to us doing uh, our first show, I'd spent six months in Trestle performing yeah. in their revival of Hanging Around, and which was great. And I, I learned an enormous amount from playing in masks for that amount of time. But it feels so different to what we were doing. It feels like a... Absolutely. If anything, I, I think of our early... And actually, lots of us, I think it was always for me, more closer to Commedia because of the Absolutely. show we did at college with you. In fact, our first thing was Commedia. You know, that was and at the heart of what I we did. the spark. Yeah, exactly. And because that's where... And the energy of the Commedia energy was of felt something that we, yeah. Hayley and I tuned into, I think when we were younger anyway, but it still oh, stays... It was there. amazing because you could do it but never stop talking and you mm. barely said anything. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just ran about. <laughs> combination. I think, I think I spend my time trying... I think that's why I went to the toilet in that scene with Cymbeline because I just keep trying to go away because I don't know what to but, do. <laughs> but that is so funny. Yeah. Sorry, no. I just went to the toilet. No, saying, I, but also saying, it's interesting, it's saying what is real, like in that moment you say that, because of course I'm reminded, I think of one of the 
best moments I've seen or been the pleasure of having sharing a stage in an idiot show was in going back to uh, I'm So Big was Javi when he was left alone. Mm. And you talk oh. about this very eloquently in your book, but in the show yeah. where suddenly he's his young boy, he's reunited with his older brother and I've brought him to the city and I leave him there and I say, right, I'm going to go and get some food. I'll be back. And when, you know, we made that show, we made it with all those gaps and spaces yeah. and suddenly Javi finds himself on the stage at Hemel Hempstead or something. Yeah. And when I've gone off, he turns to the audience and literally goes, don't look at me, I have nothing to do. Yes. Which, yeah. you, which, yeah. which was such an honest statement. And it, but because of his skill as well. But it, it was a, he declared the yeah, game. Absolutely. So he declared the game. He was now playing and got nothing to do, which was funny. And we, we liked it. Yeah. But what was even funnier was when it became real and yeah. he couldn't remember the, the yogurt. Oh, the cue <laughs> line. He told he you the cue line. He said, he said to me, come on when I say the the, 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 my favourite yogurt is the lemon. So yeah. I'm behind the caravan. Yeah. And I hear him go, and they've been laughing. It's amazing. Yeah. And really loving him. And he goes, oh, do you like yogurt? I thought, okay, here we go. My favourite yogurt is the mango one. No, nothing happened. And I'm behind the caravan. I'm going. He didn't say that one. <laughs> so uh, there's a strawberry one, and I and I and I'm yeah. going, and, I, and they're still it's laughing. Just, and I'm like, I don't want to oh, go on. Oh, and eventually, Harvey goes, the lemon one, and I come on, <laughs> and he gives you a big hug. He says, "Where have you been? We were so bored here." Yes. <laughs> I remember yeah. that name. But also oh, an extraordinary absolutely. performer in front absolutely. in front of an audience. And, Just you know, amazing. Cut. And the first thing that you played with him on the roof of the caravan. Oh, yeah, those two, the two of them. The yeah, two yeah. of you yeah. on the roof of the caravan. It was just a simple complicity game. And he gave her, he gave you his coat or jumper yeah. or something, I remember. It was night time. Gave you the, the And jump. you were on, on top of it. And at the end of the scene, he ended up giving you his, or, or something like that. Something like that. I can remember having a sort of angry fit sort of on top yes. of the caravan with the chain on my I thought about that the other day actually because I thought blimey I just threw myself around the top of a metal caravan I mean, no health and safety there I was so worried because it was you know it was quite a way off the ground yeah it was yeah, and we cut it um, in your dad's if anybody wants to know this we cut a whole proper caravan into pieces and uh, <laughs> put it back together again in every venue because I think it was a result of the fact that we had to cancel one gig because we couldn't get it through the door oh, that's right yeah Brighton we couldn't um, fit it in could we we yeah. couldn't get it through I the remember, door yeah, yeah we were thinking of doing it in the car park. I think so we didn't in the end I think but anyway I'm going to go to I don't know how we've probably got time for a few more uh, <laughs> what's the worst idea suggestion you've ever had as a company for a show. So I assume that means what we've come up with or someone has suggested to us. Or What's the worst idea we've ever had? I don't know. That's a good question. I think this might have been one of mine and it didn't go anywhere. And I think, I don't remember when this was, but I remember I had some idea about you and me, Paul, being stuck down and mine. Oh, no, I like that. I'm not going to expand, but I, I know we did some... We did some Not R&D, very funny yeah. things down there. Well, we also saw a brilliant Chinese film about the two guys down a mine shaft. I'm sure, oh, we did. Yes. Yeah, and one of them, well, they kill another guy down there or something. I don't know. I can't but really. I, I don't know. There's been so many things over the years. Maybe things that haven't got going. Or I think the thing with the mine was just, well, how the hell can we really make it interesting? And mm. you know, have enough. It's not a film, you know, how can no, you have yeah, enough yeah, yeah. visual mm. and physical things down the mine yeah. without, you know. Yeah, it's true, finding something that, I think it might have been around a time when, you know, we ended up, we're not, not searching for it or even thinking of it, but I, never, I think that might have been just you and me on our own. And yeah. we didn't really find anything. It was only when we read that Michelle Faber story, the Fahrenheit twin. Oh, that, yes. The material kind of connected, didn't it, or landed with the ocean? But I don't, I can't really remember what we did. But in my memory, that we also got it got, I think, a bit mucky in a way that wasn't funny. And I think that's not really, you know, if we have any sort of sex in mm. idiot shows, no, it's got to be, it's got to be funny. Funny. I don't think there's ever been a touching sex scene. But anyway, I mean, as in not touching, but you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> it could be. I'm but gonna... I think that just got a bit like, mm, yeah. So, uh, that's all I can remember. Yeah. But, uh. There are some nice moments, though. I mean, in uh, On the Verge, the sex scene was just jumping. Oh, up yeah, down. no, that was... Yeah, and you uh, ended up jumping up and down all the time. And it was so funny, putting yeah. the bananas in the, in the bin. Yeah. You're still jumping up and down, but 
set. That discovery sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I really love one moment when, in, and I can't what the play was, it was the one where we had the love, the spiral stairs. You haven't embraced me yet. You haven't embraced me yet. And there was you, and who were you playing with? Yeah, well, we had Katrine and Eva, Katrine. two two people. You you were sitting, you you came home to find your partner in a what looked like... Um, um, having an affair, yeah. and you went, you, you clocked it, went up the spiral staircase, got to the top, and then ran down as fast as you possibly could. You know, I had to try and catch David Rogers to, because you'd realised what you'd just seen. Aha, yeah. aha! Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it was a double take, and a little, but it was the longest double take. Yeah, it was. I've <laughs> ever seen because. You know, she actually disappeared into the curtain at the yeah, top. I remember absolutely. you going all the way up. And you closed the curtain. So we imagined the double take. Or we saw it yeah. in your feet, yeah, and then you well, came down it, again. That, the double take happened when you came running down again. Because it was, hello, it was very polite. You know, you got home, it's all very nice. Up the stairs, up the stairs, up the stairs. Pause. And down you came. I also remember uh, at the end of that story where these... Hayley and I played these brother and sisters in a fading variety theatre where no one came to really and and then this young girl turned up to audition for us who played the violin and she came it was a kind of love triangle mm. really and then at the end Hayley tries to get revenge and decides to poison the, the, the young woman but we all have these buns I think or cakes or something what were they? Yeah I used to make them that was yeah. touring in a van I had to butter the rolls <laughs> rolls and, and, she, and she poisons one of these rolls obviously to, and, for the, the, and then we sit but the, the rolls get mixed up so she can't remember which one's got the poison in and it was absolutely brilliant that sense of she got the thing and then someone moves the plate and you can see Hayley's face going where the <laughs> no I'm just going to say I can remember also because we toured with all that stuff in the van for so long yeah, i remember yeah. one night we were eating them and i thought this just does such a genuinely taste bad and oh. i remember having a little look while we were on stage and underneath they were all blue moldy and i hadn't <laughs> looked before so they'd obviously been in the van for ages and oh. i think we just kind of went, oh, oh, happy touring days yeah. um why don't we do three more questions right. and then i've got i'm gonna read this one then. three is a good number i'm a bit hot Three more. Has the idea of being an idiot grown over the years in line with the name of the company, or did the name of the company feel like it encapsulated what already existed between you? Can you say that again? Has the idea of being an idiot grown over the years in line with the name of the company, or did the name of the company feel like it encapsulated what already existed between you? To my mind, it was because it did seem to encapsulate it. And it was a kind of being, the idea of idiocy is another way of play because play is, there's often no meaning behind it. You're doing an impulse without knowing why. You might justify why at the end, but if we like it, we work really hard to justify it. But ultimately, you're doing it from nothing very often. Mm. Um, which is idiotic, really. It's going completely against it. And that's the thing that I've always found really exciting. There's, there was a TED Talk ages ago uh, by this guy, Ken Robinson, I think his name was. You ever heard of him? He's an educationist. I think he's dead now. And he told this story, which always reminds me of you two. It really does. Um, because it was about a teacher... I was doing a drawing lesson with these kids and there was one girl in the class who was never really concentrating. Uh, but she said, we'll do drawing, everyone is drawing. And this little girl started to draw away like mad. And he'd never seen her so engaged. And the teacher went over and said, what are you drawing? And she said, God. And the teacher said, but, you know, <laughs> you can't draw God. No one's ever seen him. They will in a minute, said the little girl. And I thought, that is such a brilliant story. <laughs> and it was a brilliant podcast. It, it, he saw um, something like 40, sorry, 75 million people heard that TED Talk. It was so, mm-hmm. it was really interesting about creativity in education, which is the same as playful theatre mm. and interpretive theatre. It's the same dichotomy 
that we're we're playing with. Mm. You know, we're doing something yes. for nothing. Doing, you know, with I, no reason yeah. at all other than you like it. I think um, I'm remembering, and I'm not sure, I definitely know the name because of, I, certainly one book I've got, but I've not read. It's a tiny little volume that I think is written by him and his daughter. Mm. I think it's called if something but it is about education so i think mm. that's him but i've got another book and i'm now thinking is that by ken Robinson, which is in your element which is finding where you feel yeah. when have you ever felt completely mm. in your element it probably is i i think he's a remarkable man is it is he was like a stand-up artist you know he was making jokes all the time but it was the ideas behind it i'm very very pertinent i think to the idea Indeed. of devised theater Sorry. Last one? Oh, no. Last one? It's only a little book. I must read it. Okay. You haven't read it yet? No. That's so typical, isn't it? Can you... (laughs) Can the three of you remember the first time you met each other? Okay, I'll go. I can remember meeting you, Hayley, in the foyer, uh, or the lobby, whatever you want to know, at Ivy House, Middlesex Polytechnic, in ni- September of 1986. And we were both enrolling on the D- Diploma in Dramatic Art course. And I'd come to London from Birmingham. Uh, didn't, I'd never really been to London at all. And then you were all the first years were gathering in that little... Because it was Anna Pavlova's old house in Golders Green. It wasn't a big university. It was just like a this sort of drama department in, on its own. And everyone was there, and I suppose I'm sure I was very nervous, thinking, you know, coming away from home for the first time, all that sort of stuff. And and I, I, I could be wrong with this. I, my memory said you, you had blonde hair, or it might have been dyed, or and you had a scarf around your hair. I'm not, this could be a completely different memory, it might, but it, certainly in my memory, it's that. And I remember thinking when I looked across at you that you seemed very sophisticated. I thought, who is this very, in comparison to me, I thought that's very, and uh, and I think that and that's my earliest memory. And then I, mm. I, uh, I think that, I don't know how long that sophistication lasted for, but I think it was reinforced because you, hadn't you been in Italy or France or somewhere just before you were, so, so that for me, I'd come from Birmingham, I thought, wow, this woman's, this woman's been in France, she must be, a, <laughs> exactly, must be, it's very exotic. And I, it's probably not, uh, uh, the first memory, but one of my earliest memories, and I think I mentioned it in your, one of your books in the intro, was being in one of your classes, which were totally different to anybody else's classes that we did. You know, and it's no disrespect to any of the other stuff, but it, it was just was different. So, whereas you know, and sometimes in some classes we were being told how important it is to find your position in the space, and sometimes it's good to lean against something in Shakespeare. That's quite a good idea. Anyway, we came to yours, which was impro and mask and this stuff, and it was immediately like nothing else. And I have a memory, must have been very early on, and I don't remember what you'd asked me to do, but in, everything was about we were a group of students, but then very quickly there was an audience of other students that you had to p- present to, which was really shocking and terrifying and you asked me to do something and i'm sure i was failing a bit probably been boring actually that earlier question (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you might even have said that but you stopped it and i thought initially i thought thank god he stopped it and then in front of everyone you went what are you doing and i went um i'm doing what you asked me to do (laughs) and then you went no no what are you doing and at this point of course i can feel any of my last bit of (laughs) confidence dripping away and again i repeated that no, I might have added, I think I'm doing what, I think I'm doing what you're doing. And you went, I'll tell you what you're doing. I thought, people, I imagine Hayley, one of them, are starting to giggle or laugh. I'll tell you what you're doing. You are doing your idea of what a classical actor is, whereas you're a short bloke from Birmingham and you should be that. <laughs> Words to that effect. And I remember feeling utterly mortified, but then going away and thinking, maybe he's got a point. Maybe he's onto something, as I, as I had that mix of, of, you know. So that wasn't maybe the very first, but it must have been a very, very... And I don't know, you know, me and Hayley and a group of us would walk up this hill to college on your days with a brilliant mix of fear and excitement, oh, yeah. which is the best, as an actor, the best thing you want, isn't it, to have that combination? Yeah. But I don't know, there's me. I've got no, I, no, I remember that feeling. Memories. It was always a frightening thought to go into John's 
class and I've got a memory <laughs> no, of thinking we, well. mustn't, we mustn't be late we mustn't oh, be God, late oh god no I was terrified of being late you remember that and I think you were had a big <laughs> my memory you were like this dude like yeah. slightly a dude with yeah, a big quite cool. leather jacket yeah. I don't know if that's true but that's what, in my memory no, no. and I know I had short hair because I know that I was a bit iffy about whether to do the course or not because I had been just mm. like waitressing and stuff in, in Paris I'd not done any acting and I'd got a free haircut at a hairdressing school in Paris <laughs> so I had my hair more like John yes Dickey, that's my memory hair. very short I did oh. later on <laughs> but yes it was short I can remember that and I and I know that we I remember that feeling in John's classes and um I can remember you having that journey from a little bit of like um Mr RSC you know that's what I want to be to to finding yourself and with look John. at me now back at the real and, uh, <laughs> and I do remember th when we didn't know each we were getting to know each other so it must have been like maybe in the first term I don't think we were sharing I think I was commuting from Croydon yeah actually. and I was living Gosh. in with that strange elderly woman in East Ham but yeah we moved you in you got you in, got in my memory when I didn't know you very well and thinking oh dear you know isn't it what's up with him you got food poisoning yes, from on, kentucky or something yeah. and um you were like a pale mauve color for about three days oh, and i remember God. going oh dear <laughs> he's like he's oh, really not well but yeah, later on yeah. i think we sort of and the end of that got term, to know each other i've got a very i'm sh i can't remember why i was in there but the, you, there was auditions happening in the theater and i was at the back of the theater it was dark and i'd come in and I'd seen a couple of auditions and uh, there were some people waiting outside and one person I think was just finishing and you came in the wrong door and stood there and went out again. And I remember laughing like mad because it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you just I feel a bit come funny, in the actually. wrong I feel a bit way. Nervous. <laughs> Do you remember it? <laughs> no, but I feel nervous at the whole the of talking it, just, about all this. But time I mean, in that, our that was the very first time I saw you, and it was just the way you looked round and walked um, off again. Uh, I think I was thinking, uh, lots of people know stuff that I don't know, but I'm glad but that we all have you. Different, we have different memories. Don't no, no, we? no, no. Memories. But I mean, as in generally about things that are funny, but um, um. I do remember that I'd not done a play and I remember getting a poem. Oh, dear. A poem from Cosmopolitan magazine to read at the audition. And I picked a speech out of a play that I found in the library. What was the Reading, which was something about Joan of Arc. So I did a Joan of Arc speech. Um, but I'm just, this is a bit sideways and maybe not part of this. But I can remember being in... Um, St. Petersburg in Russia the year before the pandemic with one of Peter Brooks shows and we were doing a press conference and we got there and we and I thought you know we're in this room for this press conference and it was me and a guy called Hervé and Omar and we're all there with lots of people like all there with their mic um, getting ready getting ready yeah, yeah. so I thought we were in the room that was the room. And then I thought, I know, let's go to the loo before this begins. And I got off and I went and I opened the door. And that was the room full of all the journalists. And I literally just went, ah, okay. And I thought, no, not yet. And then I came back in. So You've got I'm a hoping real that clearly, might have been. Clearly. I felt awful. I felt all so yeah. stupid. I don't think Tell I told anyone that I'd already done it. But, um, it's very funny though that uh, sort of thing. My heart's um, uh, I, I I think it's well. It's that's a very good one to come to a close on. We don't have to do this, but if you want to, we could. When I finish a podcast, I uh, I always do a quick fire set, uh, sort of seven questions to the guest, and they say the first thing that comes into their head. I've I haven't got that, but I've got a kind of version, a little mini quiz on told by an idiot. Oh God! So you could, that you oh. know all the answers. Well, of course I do. I've got to give you the answer to. But well, so if you maybe I don't know, fingers on the buzzers or something, and then you can go. Okay. It is. My first question is: In which show was pizza eaten from a box? Bzz. Yeah. I'm so big. Correct. Mm. God, I have no memory. I was going to be unfair <laughs> no, I about think, no. Also, I'm not, I'm not going to continue because you, you weren't in a lot of the shows. You directed them, so you're not going to remember. I'm going to ask one final question, though, which I, I think uh, from Is this. that it? Two no, questions? No, no, no. Okay. I, I just feel, I'll keep going, but I, I feel John is at a disadvantage. Yes, I agree. Because <laughs> uh, he wasn't in the shows. Um, in Aladdin, what was the name of the camel that Erica Poole played? Oh. 
I have no idea. Not Gertrude, because that must be magic roundabout, isn't it? Erica played a. There was camp- a moment in the show when Rick, clue. when Give Rick, as Abba, not giving you a clue, when Rick, as Abanaza, turns up to try and get the lamp at the house of Widow Twanky, <sighs> and comes with the camel, and Rick says, "Sit down," and I sit down. He's instructing the camel to sit, but I sit because of the name She's of the. Sit down. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's called Gorgeous. And he used to say, sit, sit down, Gordon. I, I used to sit yeah. on the stepladder for the, the gag. In Don't Laugh, It's My Life, which branch of the armed forces did the son Warren Tatter join, played by the late, great Stephen Harper? Navy. Correct. Because I used to go, hello, son, join the army, have you? In my madness. Um, <laughs> in which idiot play does the line, I'll stop you joining those youth clubs, come from? The same one. No. No. I'll stop joining those youth clubs. It was from You Haven't Embraced Me Yet when I used to say it to you when you turned into the Terminator at one point as a sort of robotic sort of... And finally, where did we leave Meme's toy horse from On the Verge of Exploding? South Africa. Correct. Correct, John. And on that note, I would like to thank my dear friends uh, without which I would be nothing. Um, uh, You'd be in the RSC. Uh, exactly, I'm in the RSC. <laughs> a lot of this messing about, I'd be playing these enormous Shakespearean roles. In the, Think of where you might I could have gone, exactly. <laughs> I haven't turned up there. Anyway, you might be running it, though, by now. Uh, I wouldn't. I would trust me, I wouldn't. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to our final podcast from our 30th year celebrations. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed this idiot podcast, please spread the word.